0: hope that each of us has to build a new world order in which nations and peoples with different systems and different values can live together in peace. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. We will get to an era where we will have multiplied the intelligence and intellectual capability of the human-machine civilization a billion-fold compared to today, so we call it a singularity. We have almost infinite computing power. And that could in principle resurrect everybody who ever lived by
1: simulating all possible people who ever existed. Perhaps one even greater than at the time of the industrial revolution. A new world order was created. There's a need for a new world order. But it has different
0: characteristics.
1: ...that we have to bring about together with other countries. A different consciousness of what a world order is.
0: This is Canary Cry Radio Test Feed.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for checking out Canary Cry Radio. This is our first episode. We're trying this thing out. I don't know if it's going to work. We were sitting here cracking up for the last 10 minutes trying to get started, so... Um, I am going to go by the name of Gons, and... And I will be going by the
0: name of Basil.
1: Basil. Basil and Gons. And it's spelled like basil. Like the herb. Like the herb. Only it's a name.
0: (laughs) All right, well, it's uh, March 15th, 2012, and uh, again, thanks for tuning in, and we're going to start a conversation here, uh, especially today, about two different things. Uh, Why don't you tell us what they are, Gons?
1: uh well we are gonna this whole podcast thing is um new to both of us but um there's a lot of shows with the same kind of elk that are stopping or you know they're ending their shows mm-hmm. and so we figured we can start something up that's a little bit different um basil is a graphic designer um, I do sound editing and stuff so we're uh we're gonna start just talking as we were setting up as uh basil and I were setting up I'm gonna have to get used to that obviously his name is really not basil but you know would tell them that oh yeah sorry basil <laughs> <laughs> so um as we're setting this website up, and you can visit the website. Obviously, if you are listening to this, you've been to the website. It's called canarycryradio.com. And all the graphics done there is done by Basil. And um,
0: and if you're wondering where the name Canary Cry Radio came from, it's uh, uh, to those of you in the know. Uh, you can explain it to your friends. But uh, um, back in the... 20th century coal miners would um, bring canaries down into the mines with them and um, they did this because the canaries were a lot more sensitive to uh, toxic chemicals and gases and things that would be released during the mining process and uh, when the miners would hear the cries of the canary or sometimes the canary would just drop dead, uh, the miners would see that as a sign that they need to get their tail out of there so um... Did
1: the canaries actually cry or did they just die?
0: Um... They would start by crying. I'm okay. assuming, and then they would die. Okay. If, so,
1: know. so it's a literal cry, not necessarily just a metaphorical cry.
0: It's a cry of help. Okay. Of uh, asphyxiation by all sorts of geological chemicals. Right.
1: And so, and and so that the reason why we're calling it that is because um, we are trying to give a heads up I guess you know be the dying canary if you will be the canary
0: to give (laughs) the sign that something is wrong because a lot of people are are privy to it and hopefully if you found this you found it because you were um, looking for some material uh, and some information on just the things that are wrong with the world right now and the things that are coming up and uh, what you can do about it and if you found us by some other means um, congratulations, because you're about to hear exactly what you needed to hear, and there's a reason why you're here. Right. Um, so welcome.
1: And um, just as a brief here, we're—obviously, we're at a church, so we're both Christians, and, you know, all the implications there, what that means, we'll get into all that. Um, we're not, like, crazy—well, I guess I, I've been labeled a Bible thumper, but, you know, it's—whatever eh. that means, right? Because it's, you know— um, I'm not we're not trying to shove religion down anyone's throat or anything like that we're just trying to inform you we just have a particular um spiritual perspective on things and so if you're not you know if you're not a Christian then you know you don't have to listen to us anyway but hopefully we'll provide a perspective that's unique um at least hear us out and if you are then um you know these are just things that I think um you should be aware of yeah, and one we'll of the great
0: one of the great things about can- Canary Cry Radio is um, we we are really passionate about uh, uh, educating the church and other Christians about um, s- the sort of things that are that are ignored, um, some some sinister things that are happening in the world that have very real spiritual consequences, and um, and as well are uh, fulfilling prophecy that a lot of Christians have been hearing for a, a long time. And are in the Bible and a lot of them are um, just not privy to what's happening in the world.
1: Right and so our, our, our church you know I, I've talked about this before but well this is our first show so I guess I haven't but I'll mention it now. Um, you know our, our church is doing this big thing it's on it's like it's on sex and so you know the church is patting themselves on the back like oh you know it's so amazing that this church is talking about sex and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, my, from my perspective, it's like, all right, the church is finally talking about this. It's, you know, it's a cultural thing that happened, you know, what, in the 60s, 50s, 60s or something, the, the whole free sexual revolution type mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, to for the church to be talking about it, it's great. But, you know, we're half a, de- half a decade or no, half a century behind. So, you know, in light of that, we just want to kind of maybe try to look ahead instead of always trying to pick up the pieces to culture and society and things like that so um that was a rabbit hole yeah we didn't really plan to go there but anyway We're about 10 minutes in plans don't really ever work out anyway so uh well one of the things we wanted to talk about today was um tracking right
0: yeah the internet tracking just this is something to keep in mind while you are uh, perusing through your conspiracy websites today and uh, getting, the, getting in the know on the new things that you need to be aware of. The, um, every website you go to, as most of you will know, you're being tracked by several, several different companies for a lot of different purposes. Um, and it's a big thing coming up in the news, especially recently. A lot of companies are coming out with things to let you know who's tracking you, um, a lot of companies are coming out with things to to completely halt you being tracked um, altogether, and we'll give you some links to those things if you're interested a little bit later. But um, I think we need to talk about the implications of things like this, and is it really a terrible thing? Is it not? What? Where could it go? Um, what are the dangers of this, if there are any?
1: Well, you have that, um, and I, I think we'll put in the show notes too, you have the little track blocker. Yeah, um, for is it Firefox or is it just any platform? Uh, it's
0: any platform. I have it for Chrome. Okay. It's called uh, uh, DNT Plus, Do Not Track Plus, Plus. and it's this great little thing that every website that I visit, it'll it'll count every um, company, every s- piece of software that tracks where I'm going, um, and uh, tells me who it is, and it also blocks them. So it's a really great little tool, and you can get the the link to that in the in the uh,
1: notes there. It, do you think there is a record? I mean, obviously that software keeps track of the number of blocks it's made and things like that.
0: And that's definitely yeah, there's definitely a possibility and I'm sure it's happening. But let's take a couple steps back and um let's talk about um the corporate perspective or the the front, if you will, of why we're being tracked and right. and and the the seemingly benign purposes of that. Right. Um, so a lot of companies like Google analytics and almost every company, uh, every large software company, uh, is tracking things. Facebook tracks you, Twitter tracks you, everything tracks you. And, uh, the purpose is for, uh, a more customized internet, um, to customize it to you, to keep track of what you're interested in, to, uh, look at your habits and then sort of tailor the internet, um, Tailor your own internet experience to what, you know, advertisers can give you, um, it, it'll, it'll omit certain search results depending on uh, your sort of online profile that's put together by this big bad data that they sort of put together for, um, as a profile for you and kept um, you know for others to see and and another thing is that is a little bit more sinister is that your profile is actually bought and sold many times every day to different companies right. um, ad companies and all, all sorts of things like that so here's the question is are you okay with being tracked everywhere you go if it's for quote unquote your own good we're tailoring the internet to you
1: right but the thing that's interesting is that you c- you bring up all the 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 points of why we're being tracked but then there's never a consensus of whether we're o- we're oh yeah okay with it as yeah. far as like we don't we never gave permission for <coughs> them to track us basically
0: yeah and that's one of the uh, that's one of the biggest problems that personally i have it is you know if they want to tailor my internet Eh, you know, whatever. If they want to give me ads that I'll actually actually care about, I right. can totally see the good intentions in that. But the fact that it's happening behind our backs, it's happening at a software level that most people don't even know it's happening, right. is a little bit um, sneaky for me. It's a little bit too sneaky, and that's the part that makes me a little bit suspicious. Um, if it is totally benign, if it is something that nobody should be working or worrying about, then why keep it so secret?
1: Right yeah that's true and a lot of this i think are just the baby steps of what could be and i think a lot of people have seen movies like minority report and you know pre-crime lab trying to estimate um a possible crime that happens and arresting that person before they commit the crime
0: oh absolutely the uh the implications of the possibilities of a, a more evolved version of what we're seeing happening in just its infantile stages right now is is very dangerous when you think about it but let's take a step back for one second and then um, and when I was, I ta- keep
1: I, it seems like I keep wanting to go forward and you keep wanting to take a step back Well, I
0: just want to make sure <laughs> I just want to make sure we we get the full picture on things um, for instance the 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 tailoring of the internet to you now what will happen is uh due to what's on your uh, you know profile out in the cloud that right. they have constructed around you um, your search results are actually tailored to your profile so you're actually missing out on a whole part of the internet that is out there that they're just simply not showing you because they don't think you want to see it hmm. that's a big problem for a lot of people um, especially you know the free the free internet people is, they want the entire world of information at their fingertips. They don't right. want to be labeled to. They don't want to be um, led by the nose to what they're looking for. Right. And, and what this is happening in a lot of cases is it's siphoning all the possibilities of the world out there. The, right. the huge amount of information that's here on planet Earth waiting for us to grab through the Internet right. is being filtered through this, this sort of pseudo picture of what... Companies think we are. Right. They're assuming they know us. They assume that they want to. They they know what we want, and um, that's a big problem. Uh, for me, at, at least, I want I want the whole world at my fingertips. Right. I don't want the whole world that Google wants me to see.
1: Right. Well, do you think? Um, a question for you. Uh, do you think at some point the internet is going to become restricted? I know in other countries that's already the case. Websites are blocked. I mean, websites like like ours, you know, can potentially. Right now, no one knows about it, so it's fine. But mm-hmm. over time, people can f- figure out what we're talking about, what we're saying, and it can become restricted area.
0: Yeah, it's a, that's a very, very interesting point, especially when you bring up the international thing. Because, yes, there are companies, uh, companies, countries, say, in the Middle East, that are shutting down Twitter or Facebook or sort of making things um, on the Internet outlaws. But there's other parts of the world, say, in a lot of places in Europe, who are fighting to open up everything right you know they they the, the united states is putting a lot of pressure on a lot of people to um constrict the internet and what's allowed on the internet uh vis-a-vis uh copyright um infringements and sort of things like this and uh a lot of places are fighting the, to help piracy they right. are they're open to piracy. They don't like the America pressuring them into these sort of corporate-minded um, laws like ACTA and PIPA and, right. and all the new ones that are coming out. And so it's a really interesting um, thing to bring up in the, the the international point. But I in in my opinion, sadly, I think that there will be some sort of chaining of the internet, and it um, and. The biggest problem is that I think it starts here. It's starting with our profile. Right. It's starting with this picture that they're making of us um, out in the clouds. Well, it's
1: like it's like any other. It's like the the war on terror, or it's it's any kind of false flag. It's profiling. Exactly. It's it's actually creating an image that oh, there's this danger. We need to somehow squash it and exactly. control it so that there's no threat. Exactly. It, it's like anything else.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. And I, I mean, there's definitely a layer of that happening on on the uh you know on the, the higher echelons of where these decisions are being made right do not think for a second that your profile is not um looked at by the government is not tracked your ip is
1: tracked at every moment well especially now now that we've done this podcast
0: oh yeah we're on a blacklist for sure here <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but um which brings up another point which is uh Anonymous and right. hacktivism and things like this—who are actually doing a very good job at fighting to keep the internet free—and they are causing a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I—I—I'm not one to say exactly how much damage they're doing in the long run, right. or. What's you know, but they But the
1: idea the fact that they're there trying to fight it is indicating that there is already a, <clears throat> a backlash or suppression starting exactly. to Exactly, and
0: the support that they're getting from the public is amazing and, and they, you know uh, Anonymous, Anonymous draws uh, their image from a movie called V for Vendetta, right. and a big concept of that movie was, you cannot kill an idea, you cannot arrest an idea, you can kill, you can arrest, you can, uh, you can silence people but an idea will spread uh, like a virus. Right. And that's exactly what's happening now. We're starting to, some of the Anonymous guys, the LulzSec guys are getting um, busted. Everybody's getting busted. um, We're hearing that Anonymous is sort of starting to putter out, which is a complete lie, if you ask me. Um, But it's the fact that it's happening and the fact that it is such a big deal and the fact that this idea is entering into everybody's brain, I think, is an absolute victory for an anonymous, an absolute victory for global freedom, an absolute victory for a free internet, and an absolute victory for the personal liberty of your intake of information. Right.
1: Well, on the flip side of that, um, what is the, what do you think, you know, because when you say this this global free information i can I can't help but think about um, this what, tying it back to prophetic text. absolutely. And it talks about peace and safety as this facade <clears throat> that's gonna um, be put upon the world that the world wants this free and open society that everything is um, you know everyone has this access to goods, information, ideas. Um, so you know, if you watch something like Zeitgeist moving mm-hmm. forward yeah. and you watch them talk about this uh, mechanical society where it's everyone's provided for. And so everyone's happy and everyone's, yeah, you know, got everything they need and, you know, all the information and, you know, um, I can't remember the guy's name, Jack. Uh, well, I'm sure somebody listening knows, but we'll put it in the notes. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, you know, he, t- he's a big, proponent of technocracy, and he's mm-hmm. saying, oh, art and music and all these things, we're just going to give it away for free because it's going to be something that we want to give away for free. Yeah, Money's not going to tie us down, all this stuff.
0: Which is a wonderful idea. It's a wonderful the, idea. The surface
1: level. <laughs> so where do you see that? Where's the line as far as okay, it's great that, that they're keeping this open kind of um, idea forum spectrum, the internet, and they're fighting for it, but at what point does the fighting for it become actually a bigger part of the bigger agenda?
0: I think the the downfall of the entire uh, issue, the, the whole degradation of all the good that's being done right now will take place when the powers that be learn to use that against um, the people. For instance... Um, we're fighting for the freedom, fighting for the freedom, fighting for the freedom. Well, suddenly, maybe um, the powers that be take that momentum and sort of pull it into their own direction. Right. Sort of like a, a Bagua uh, fighter or something who use their enemy's own momentum to, to take them down. right Aikido. Exactly, right yeah. Aikido. And um, I could, you know, I can't... Say exactly what that would look like at this point, but there are very smart people in charge, and I'm sure something is already in the works. Right. And um, you know, a lot of things are inevitable, but I think that shouldn't. We shouldn't not fight for freedom, for the fear that the freedom will. Right. Turn against us. Right.
1: Good point. Um. Do you have anything else you want to say on that? Do you have any other? I think that's about it that's uh, you know well I think so I'm going to move it forward now because it it ties into um, some of the topics that that we'll be discussing on the show which is uh, transhumanism which not everybody knows about and not everybody really I don't think cares about Ah, Um, I've talked to people you know in the church community in the not church community that some kind of know what it is some don't know what it is but um Basically, I'm going to read a little thing here. It's on transhumanism.asu.edu. Uh, they have a, a little section, uh, Arizona State University, the Center for the Study of Religion and Conflict. And they have a website. They, they've already started this conversation. And um, so I'm just going to read it real quick. It says uh, the theme of transhumanism. Uh, it says, Humanity stands now on the precipice of a new phase in human evolution referred to as post-humanism or transhumanism, this new phage phase emerges due to the confluence of new developments in the life sciences example genomics stem cell research genetic enhancement germline engineering technology i.e. robotics nanotechnology pattern recognition technologies and neuroscience etc etc and so um <laughs> are we still rolling?
0: That's kind, of, that's kind of funny.
1: I'll edit it. That's, that's why think, editing is good. Yeah. I think Or it's we can not, not edit kind of it and funny be like, like oh. hey, <laughs> we almost got shut down. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we're back. What was I saying? Okay, so uh, genomics, stem cell research, genetic enhancement, germ, germline engineering in the technologies, for example, robotics, nanotechnology, pattern recognition technologies, and the neurosciences, uh, neuropharmacology and artificial intelligence. Today human beings are not only able to enhance their own performance and make important strides against devastating disease such as cancer, diabetes and AIDS, but also endow humanity engineered traits to future generations. The new technologies may be able to produce human beings with enhanced capabilities who will live longer and provide the capacity to create and modify, i.e. clone and engineer, existing forms of life, including humans. In the transhumanism or transhuman phase, humans will become their own makers, transforming their environment and themselves. Proponents of transhumanism believe that advances in robo- robotics, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, and genomics excuse me, will liberate humanity from pain and suffering. Presumably, in transhumanism, age or the tra- in the transhuman age, humanity will conquer the problems of aging, disease, poverty, and hunger, finally actualizing happiness in this life.
0: Finally, actualizing happiness in this life. Yeah. So that's um, that is a good uh, little overview of what uh, transhumanism is there, and the very scary part of it, um, people is that it's an actual movement, there is an actual push towards this happening, there's the research going on, and um, all it would take is a uh, sort of technocratic decision to make this policy, and um, you know, I I firmly believe that this will begin happening in at least my lifetime.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the big thing, is that um, technocracy is, is something that I've been looking at a lot recently, and essentially as an overview overview of what that is in the 1930s they started a movement all these engineers scientists um uh technicians these these people that were part of the the modern creation of computers and stuff like that they didn't have computers then but these these people began to form a group um right after the depression because they figured capitalism wasn't working so they created technocracy inc and they tried to externalize this idea that, you know, with us, these smart scientists people running the show, we can create a global, or national at the time was their ideal, society where a, there will be a systematic um, deployment of goods and services and things evenly and under the um, provision of these scientists. And, f- you know, their their idea of a fair way to to have everyone be happy living in this society
0: right so essentially um they are pushing for uh instead of po- uh, politicians running the show right we have scientists engineers uh, technicians things right. like that um in place of politicians running right. um the show right legislation everything and, and sort of their idea is to run the country or now the world right. sort of like a a well-oiled machine
1: right right and to and what's scary is how much of it is actually being deployed now and since the 1970s when the trilateral commission um and and uh, I think you pronounce it Brzezinski, one of the guys who founded mm-hmm. the trilateral commission um had the same ideal the technocracy ideal And today, um, I read an article that I'll try to to link to, and I've been writing on this on my blog, which is facelikethesun.com. There has been a deployment of these things called smart meters. And actually, in Michigan, um, I think they had like 1.8 million smart meters deployed into various counties in in Michigan. And what are those? So what what smart meters do is through Wi-Fi, and they're looking at a higher form of Wi-Fi now but right now it's Wi-Fi these little devices are put on the side of homes and apartment buildings and they basically monitor your electricity and so any appliance you use, any amount of electricity you use, it's all being monitored and it's all being collected, the data is being collected and um, what's interesting is there's groups that are working together, you know Verizon and GE and all these different groups are working together to formulate this system.
0: Now, and now what's the difference between the smart meters and the regular electricity meter that I have on the side of well, my house?
1: Everything's digitized now. Hmm. So a n- normal electrical meter might still have, you know, a little bit of analog, mm-hmm. you know, independence as far as like we're not tracking everything. Mm-hmm. We only know when there's something's wrong or something's out. Well, now they're literally measuring every amount of consumption and use and are,
0: are they keeping tr- they're, keeping, they're track keeping track of, of e- the the actual use of the electricity they right. know when you turn on your blender right exactly and they know when you're using your computer right right they know when you're using your electric shaver right right okay. so,
1: so they, they, they're monitoring that and eventually what they want to get to is a point where every appliance you know not just our computers but our you know, like you said, like a dishwasher, washing machine, all these things have a, a chip in it that keeps count. And what it's, wh- where, where it's really leading to is, um, eventually a global grid called the smart grid, which smart grid technologies is already yeah, being discussed. Um, a control base where our economy becomes based on energy. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that again in my blog, but instead of money, our our currency becomes energy so we we're kind of deployed like oh you have this amount of energy that you can use to do whatever you need but if you exceed it you know you either not have it or you have to you know somehow do something to get it back and how it ties into transhumanism is that once the human body becomes um, digitized for lack of a better term you know computerized or whatever the human being essentially is going to become integrated into that grid and locked in.
0: Now let's talk about a little bit about what you just said—the digitization of the human being. Right. What what exactly does that look like? I know we're looking at all sorts of advancements in, um, you know, integrating machines into the human body. I mean, the pacemaker has been around right. for forever. Right. Um, what else is that? What is that looking well, like now?
1: Well, part of the biggest problem is is not just the. Um, like you said, there's technologies, you know, obviously, you know, knee replacement, contact lenses, things like that. Those are enhancements, quote unquote, you know, but when you digitize, when I say digitize, it's more of um, uh, a, a, f- a fusion of of the machine and the biological part of who we are. So mm-hmm. instead of, you know, having our cell phones as part of us, and we're already kind of being indoctrinated by using our cell phones, using our computers, having access to, you know, information at our fingertips. Um, it's actually going to be embedded in us. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a uh, part of who we are as humans, you know, born with a chip or whatever it's, whatever it looks like. I don't exactly know what it looks like, uh. but um, with things like nanotechnology, we're able to um, construct little tiny things that are calculated to do certain tasks. That are in our body, yeah, in our bloodstream, things like that. Well, for instance, the
0: uh, the uh, carbon capsules for astronauts. Yeah. This new technology where they've created these tiny capsules full of uh, certain medications or, um, you know, different things that the body might need, and what they do is they insert it into the leg of the astronaut, and the ast- you know the astronaut is just the, the guinea pig in this and right. this uh, example, but. And because space is filled with all sorts of harmful things that are, you know, not the best thing to be uh, subject to, especially right. when you're 93 million miles away from the nearest <laughs> hospital. So what they've done is these carbon capsules are implanted in the leg. Uh, they automatically sense when something is wrong with the natural biology of the uh, of, of the human being that they are implanted in and they they can re- report they release they release whatever is needed right and um,
1: and they actually I saw an article the other day that talked about eight women who um, were basically lab rats to that yeah I mean, exactly it was like right under the skin a little thing that monitors their
0: and that's just the very beginning that's just the very beginning and so that's the scary about, part about all of this it sounds like a movie it right it sounds <laughs> like a book that we've been reading for 50 years right it sounds like right. Aldous Huxley or something like that right but it's actually happening now, happening right. now, and very little people see it coming. We're right. like the frog in the pot of water, right. and then before we know it, we're gonna be, we're gonna need to make the choice, right? And that brings us into, uh, as believers, what does this mean to right. us?
1: Well, that's the thing is that as as we gain control of our biological genetic makeup, what tends to what it seems to be leading to is kind of this breakdown of what it means to be a human being Mm -hmm. and not just the ethical or philosophical questions those are those are obviously there and and i think it's important to discuss them um but really the actual physical breakdown of the human being and what that means and as believers you know this is a big rabbit trail (laughs) yeah but um i believe that um this happened once before on planet Earth so mm-hmm. um, if you look at the biblical accounts of Genesis 6 to talk about the sons of God who came down mated with women created the Nephilim um, and the reason why God had to flood the earth was not just because there's bad stuff going on yeah people were bad but it wasn't that um, and I often and when I bring this up I often get non-believers saying you know how you know your God is evil because you you know he drowned babies, right. innocent babies and things like that, but if you step back and look at why God really flooded the earth, you start to see that there was a genetic problem, some kind of um, tainting with some sort of
0: corruption
1: some corruption of the the actual image that we were created as um, so as to destroy the the human line basically right um, and it makes a lot of sense in my head because. A lot of the mythological creatures you see in Greek mythology, the Roman mythology, uh, Roman gods. Um, a lot of the gods you see in Hindu religion with the, you know, all these things seem to point towards something like this happening at one point.
0: Well, even more of a, almost a fetish, <laughs> that's not the right word, almost more of an uh, an obsession with the changing of human dna right you you don't really notice it it just in the in the real world or whatever right. but when you think about it and you sit down and you look at all of these ancient um beings or quote-unquote fairy or whatever, tales or, or creatures yeah. they're all a, um, it um it's they're all an experiment right it's an it's a lab experiment right. it's a it's a, a bird mixed with a man. It's a horse mixed with a man. It's a man and this. The centaur. a
1: minotaurs. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a man and a fish. Right. All of these things are the mixtures of um, animals and people and and so I think if nothing else it shows a very ancient obsession with um, changing who we are at the very core and trying to uh, design ourselves for a more specific and "Quote unquote" greater purpose, right? And so I think that's a very good that's a it's a very good point to bring up,
1: right? And and what's interesting as as, as the church is that you know um, Jesus actually, well some people say he wasn't actually referring to this specifically um, when he says that as in the days of Noah so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man, but um, you know some people have drawn that comparison. But um, as a last kind of thing to wrap it up, um, there's an article. Out on um, the Institute for Ethics and Immersion Technologies. I read a lot of articles here. There's they're pro transhumanism people, and the latest article that came out today um, is an article called "The End of Gender," and oh, yeah. basically, uh, you know, the the idea is that you know by figuring out a way to reproduce, uh, not in the traditional you know females have to have babies kind of Perspective, um, we will transcend gender <laughs> and become these asexual beings that are basically created in labs.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know the the parallels are just incredible that you can draw from this real life article, um, suggest suggesting this exact thing, and then you know you read books that I'm personally obsessed with, Brave New World. And right. I'm sure you'll hear me talk about it in many episodes to come. But this is exactly what it is. It's, right. You create humans. They're not born. In fact, being born is seen as a disgusting thing. Right, right. Because it you know, it, it It's adds, so primitive. It's and primitive and it adds more and it separates man from woman and it sort of does this thing. And, and the end of um, the transhumanism uh, paragraph that we read before is finally actualizing happiness in this life. Right. Which was exactly what happened in the book. This was all done... Because now we can be happy, right? And now we finally got things down. We've we've made all the changes. We fixed all the problems that God overlooked, and now we can be happy, right? And you know,
1: obviously, if you have read the book, you know that that's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's that's really what it comes down to with any endeavor. It seems like, um, and probably a lot of things we'll be discussing throughout the show, uh, the shows to come, um, is that <clears throat> there is this push for peace, for happiness mm-hmm. um, and there is this uh, ideal that has been um, trying, the, the human being has been trying to reach for such a long time right? and really from the from as being Christians coming from the biblical perspective, yeah. it's really interesting that in the Garden of Eden the serpent said you know, ye shall be as gods. Mm -hmm. You will be like gods. You want, you know, you want to be like gods. And essentially what we're trying to do is trying to be like God, basically being able to create our own reality, being able to attain happiness without any kind of, um, death or pain or anything like that. And it's actually throwing off our, our central, um, it's actually kind of throwing off our our the, the center of who we are and what we're actually made to be, absolutely and as Christians, we are promised an actual heaven, a, an actual resurrected body. We're promised all these things that they're actually we're, that that humanity is trying to achieve, which Trans- is the irony is. behind the entire thing yeah. And um, so hopefully we'll be discussing a lot more of those things in the future.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And just one quick thing before we end here is that that is the most sinister part about the whole thing is that it's, it's brought to us and it's being um, developed under this guise of this will bring peace. Right. This is what will bring happiness. Right. And, uh, you know, if you, you, you can tell just from the Bible that um, that is the guise that it will come from right. or come under and uh, just be aware of that. And so, uh, so yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully this will um, be the first of many shows to come. But uh, if you stuck around this long, thanks for checking it out. And
0: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks. We, we uh, just did an overview of a few different things here. Yeah. So, and there will be a lot more on all of these um, topics to come. And so tune in again. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Thanks for listening to Canary Cry Radio. If you're interested and want to know more, please go to canarycryradio.com. Look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash canarycryradio or look us up on Twitter.